Forgive me for my wrongs. I have just begun. You have found your way to another episode of the Still Got Hope podcast. I, as always, am your host, J.D. Mill, joined again by Mr. Frothy Gopher. How are you this evening, sir? Oh, God, so good, buddy. It's good to be on with you. I can't wait to talk gophers. Yeah. Man, so much exciting, uh, so much exciting things to talk about. We should probably first uh, preface, or I don't know, preface, but uh, we did record a podcast episode um, after the Illinois game. Actually, while I was driving home from the Illinois game, and uh, unfortunately had technical difficulties, but uh, but boy, we were we were on a bit of a roll that night, if I recall correctly. Yeah, we were. I, I think in the intervening weeks, I've I've probably, relative to many others, probably become like a radical fleck apologist. But I definitely mm-hmm. wasn't. I definitely wasn't on the unrecorded podcast. I was. I was. I was. Uh, was not happy after the Illinois loss. So you know, hopefully, like this one, it will just never get aired, and only we will know that we ever had the conversation. Right. Right. Um. It. Uh, I, I. What I do want to know is you were you were um, taunting me with Savoy's pizza during that yeah. Uh, yeah, drive absolutely. home episode, uh, and uh, as someone who does not have Savoy's where I live, um, how how many times have you had it since then? Oh, I haven't had it. I haven't had it since then. I mean, I, oh. I'm I'm a, I'm well into middle age right now, and you have to really. It's it's you know, tofu, some salads, and uh-huh. for for weeks on end, and then you get to enjoy a Savoy a Savoy's pizza. No, I I usually just save the Savoy's for nights where I just need to eat my feelings, and okay. that's that's my that's my go to <laughs> that's my go to for for that. It's really the only time I'll ever have it. It's it's really good. It's also like incredibly rich, and uh, yeah. my middle aged ass can't take that can't take that kind of food on a regular basis. I have uh, I've partaken in Savoy's twice, but ever? Uh, and yes, ever? Oh, yes, yes, um, and very happy both times. But yeah, uh, wow, yeah, I could I could see where proximity would be a problem. Yeah, two times ever. It that's yeah. wild to me. Yeah. A good Minnesota company like that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Bring your pizza out state, Savoy's. Um. I, I did have another pizza on Saturday, which I thought was delicious, which is the uh, the Dinkytown athletes supporting Seventh uh, Avenue Pizza. Have you partaken in that uh, deliciousness yet? Absolutely, have like half a chest freezer full of Seventh Avenue pizzas. Um, no, it's great. I mean, beer and pizza for your NIL program, especially when we're going to need to eat and drink a lot to make ourselves feel you know anything again. Uh, yeah. No, it's great. It's it's fantastic. No, great, uh, great pizza, great company. Uh, I'm super happy to see that they were uh, they were up to support the Gophers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's been uh, it's it's been great to see um, both of those companies getting supported because of their support of the Gophers. And um, as you and I have talked about before, and you've talked about on Twitter, this is. This is we got to we got to get some other companies on board now that they uh, now that they see how popular this is. But it's good to well, see Dinky Town athletes. 
Yeah, I think now that we're talking about it on here, like it'll be pretty clear that there's a groundswell of support and that something needs to be done and that we're going to yeah. have Medtronic and UHG providing Dinkytown athlete sponsored products. So the next time my heart starts to flutter, I'll have a Dinkytown athlete branded Medtronic pacemaker put in and, 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 and help to pay for uh, a, a, a Gophers travel budget. There you go. Yeah, so the possibilities are uh, are nearly endless, and with the cycle of life, uh, I mean, so many different ways that you can go with it. I appreciate um, I appreciate that that immediately before hitting the record button, I said, "Yeah, so what are we going to talk about tonight?" Then you hit record, and the first things that we went to were pizza and Dinkytown Athlete branded uh, healthcare products. So we're, yeah. I mean, this is for just you know, making this up as we go, that's a pretty solid start. Definitely well, like per- five of five of 10, at least. It's pretty on brand for high and unprepared. I would yeah, say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, this, this podcast does exist because of our, uh, mutual love for go for football. And as mentioned previously, uh, the Illinois loss. Uh, we have not, so we have not uh, podcasted since after the um, Michigan State game, which, if I recall correctly, we were feeling pretty good, my friend. And uh, unfortunately, the Gophers have just uh, just uh, been bad. Just been bad since then. And yeah, it's. Hard. I mean, it's. I have to think really hard to get back into the mindset that I was in after the Michigan state game, but I still, it still felt like there was like, we were happy we won, but it mm-hmm. still kind of felt like maybe we weren't operating on more than a couple cylinders at the same time. Um, but it, it, no, it's, it's different now Like for as much, Hey, we're one game away from bowl eligibility, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it, it's, it's gotten, it's got, it's gotten dark pretty quickly. You know, you don't, uh, you don't lose to Purdue like we lost to Purdue. You don't lose to Illinois, having the backup quarterback who has since turned into the reincarnation of the not yet dead John Elway uh, for Illinois. Uh, you don't let their, you know, the backup come in and go 93 yards in, in under a minute. And then, you know, for all practical purposes, the score made it look like a lot closer than the game was get your doors blown off by Ohio State so no it's been a it's been a it's it between the football team and the men's basketball team blowing a giant lead to Missouri and the hockey team losing a game to a, a football school I, I made some comment that like last week was one of the worst seven day periods as a gopher fan that that I can recall it was not uh, there were not a lot of good vibes flowing yeah, it's been uh, it's definitely it's definitely been rough, and I think what you know there was uh, there there was there was some parallels between um, how the Gophers lost to Missouri um, and maybe a little bit of uh, how PJ Fleck coaches, um, but I think that's been sort of the uh, the interesting thing for me over these last three weeks is. You know, it's been uh, different shades of of bad, right? Like Illinois was obviously just an absolute collapse. Uh, Purdue was just the the defense was out to lunch pretty much all day, and then uh, and then with Ohio State, it was just very similar to Michigan. Just just felt gutless from the very beginning. Yeah, that was depressing. It. 
and this has been a big talker on everywhere that talks about go for football that whether we whether fleck more or less just mailed that game in like we're not going to win so we're gonna run as conservative as we can and just try and make time move faster through any means necessary right and and it's hard to it's hard uh, there is there's very very minimal ground to stand on to say that Fleck tried to do anything differently than he's ever done to at least make it look like we were trying to play the game. You can, you know, when a, when a team is, is kind of grossly overmatched, like, like we were, and, and when we usually are against Ohio state, you drop a few gimmick plays, you come out and do your shits and motions and try to present some things that the other team hasn't seen. There was none of that. We didn't see anything that we haven't seen before. Uh, at least on offense, I don't know enough about defense to know whether how, how they were running, but it, it didn't necessarily feel like we were doing anything that was, you know, radical. So there's so there's no argument that he that he made the team do anything to try to stretch Ohio State some way, some some form. Mm-hmm. Then I guess the next then the next question is, did he go out and basically not ever try to score many points and so that the, the the thing that people will bring up there is the at third and five and third and seven you run the ball inside of ohio state's 40 ish and when you don't generate any yards you you punt it away and 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 so i think there was a lot of gutless you're not going to get that many chances to score why not take a shot etc cetera, etc cetera. i i at the time it, at the time, I was pretty upset about it because you're you're putting the the players out there. They've committed to play for the team. They have to go out and do what you ask them to do, and they have a good chance of getting hurt. And certainly, over time, that damage wears up. It's not really very fair to put them out there in a in a state where you're not actually trying to win the game. That's how I felt at the time. In retrospect, I think in Flex explanation makes per- like he's a super conservative coach. And no, Ohio State's not, you know, his argument that Ohio State's going to make a mistake. I mean, no, they're probably, they're probably not going to make a mistake. You're also probably not going to generate your first down on third and seven against Ohio State's defense. And, mm-hmm. and, and you're probably, I mean, given our passing game, you're probably not going to complete it. So it was a whole bunch of probably nots and all other things being equal for reasons that aren't clear to me, given the performance at Purdue the week before, Fleck wants to give his defense plus field position and and hope that they can create something. And so I, again, like it's not like getting a passing play on third down had a high probability of success given everything else that we've seen for the Gopher passing game this season. It's not like we're going to get it on fourth down on a run because again, like we just weren't moving the ball effectively, and you're probably not going to stop them if you punt the ball and they take over on their own 10 or 15, none of those things are probable to happen. So choose the one that you're most comfortable with and go with it. In retrospect, I don't have a, I don't have a real big problem with it. And I don't think it materially impacted the game one way or the other. So we can be upset about it as another data point that Fleck is an uber conservative coach who refused to take risks. Absolutely. I'm not willing to go so far anymore, although I was at the time. I'm not willing to go so far anymore that he wasn't 
he wasn't doing what he thought he needed to do to win the game as misguided as we all think it might be. Yeah, I think... Say the last sentence you just said again. I want to... Mm-hmm. Man, it just, it, it like, flows directly, like, from, you know, wherever the wherever voices come from. And it, I'm, just a, I'm just a vehicle for the voice. I don't actually make it up. <clears throat> no, I think it... it um, it, uh, I, I, at the time, I thought he was just not even trying to win the game. In retrospect, I think, in his mind, he chose what he thought was the best opportunity for us to score points, was to put the defense on the field in plus field position. And we might not agree with that. We might think that it's completely wrong and that and and it becomes another data point that Fleck is an uber conservative coach who refuses to evolve and figure out like what the appropriate game theory dynamics are in a game, right? But but I am not willing to say that he was not trying to win the game. I I, I thought that at the time, right? I was pissed. I didn't like what he was doing, and I thought players could get hurt by him kind of pussyfooting around out there and but I think he did what he thought was the right call as misguided as we might think it is. Got it. Yeah, I think for me, I, I think there's a difference between uh, him not trying to win the game and him approaching the game knowing we probably weren't going to win. And I think that's what we saw is uh, in we, we saw an attempt to <clears> – <throat> minimize or uh the amount of bleeding and it worked pretty well in the first half um and then you know from there i think my feelings are then jaded by the things that he said after the game about um about they could screw up and about it's my job to um you know put the team uh put the team in in the position to keep my team in the game. Um, so, which... so let me, let me pick at that for a second. Right. So I, cause I know that that particular quote was a thing for people mm-hmm. and that, well, there's no way Ohio state's going to screw up, but we're again, to go back to like, none of it is probably, none of the outcomes are good. Right. So are they going to screw up on defense with our offense or are they going to screw up on their offense in our defense mm-hmm. right because we need them to screw up we're not we're not going to beat them 95 percent of the time right. without some sort of error so is our offense better at creating a screw up to their defense or is our defense better uh, possible to create a screw up there for their offense and 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 in my mind right it's our defense i trust joe rossi more than i do harbaugh right I just, I, I do, right? I trust Tyler Newbin more than I do whatever we're choosing to call Ethan this week. Um, like, I'm, <laughs> I, I, trust, I, I trust the defense more in that situation. And so if in that context, right, like, A, is the whole, ba- is the basis of it wrong, right? Where we don't need them to screw up or we can impose our will. If so, I'll hear that out. But what did he choose in his, what in his mind was the lesser of evil recognizing that we needed Ohio State to screw up? Yeah, I I'm, I understand the argument. I just I, I just 
I feel like it's I agree with you that in order for us to beat Ohio State, they're going to have to screw up. But in order for us to beat Ohio State, we're going to have to execute. And we just didn't, like, attempt to execute anything, in my opinion. So, I don't know. It's it's semantics all around to some extent. The, the reality of the situation is we didn't expect to, for it to be a competitive game. It wasn't a competitive game. Um, I just happen to wish that Flex spoke a little bit differently about how he approaches things like this, but he he seems to be saying the quiet part out loud now. Yeah, I mean, again, I hate it. Like I hate it, and I and 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 I, I it's not entertaining. I don't enjoy watching the games hardly ever, especially this season. But even last season, like in the season before, it's hard to watch this offense work. It's so constipated mm-hmm. and it takes so long and they check at the line and it's always a run. It's always a run guys. It's always. It, they check at the line opposing teams, Wisconsin this week, they check it's a run. Inside zone. So Luke fickle looks like you need all the help you can get. Let's go. <laughs> um, so like, I hate it. I'm not defending it. I just think that it, and everything that he did fell very well within the normal parameters of what he does, which is go puckered up tight enough to squeeze a diamond. And, and that's whatever, whatever the diamond comes out with the number on, it's like a magic eight ball, but I guess a butthole diamond. It, it, it tells you what the answer is and it's always do the most conservative thing. I think butthole diamond was the alternate title for that movie about um, the diamond trade. Oh, like blood diamond, butthole diamond. Yeah. 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 No, it, that that works, man. I like that. that I thought it, I thought you were gonna go with like a, a smuggling ring of some kind or another. You know. Um, yeah. Sure. Like narcos, like narcos, but it's just about <laughs> being a drug mule up your ass, like that. That's where I thought you were headed. No, no, no. I went a slightly different direction, but um, so. I think, you know, there's a there's a larger conversation to be had, which we may have partially had on these very airwaves previously about what does all this mean for, you know, what the new Big Ten is going to look like. And we've got plenty of time to discuss that. But I think the big thing looking back to the after the Michigan State game was like you said, OK, here we are four games left. Three of those games, uh, very winnable, and uh, or I'm sorry, five games left at that point. Uh, if I'm maybe my math is off, almost certainly. Um, but in any case, one more win, winnable games to be able to become bowl eligible should be no issue. And honestly, like there was a possibility, uh, especially going into that Illinois game because of what had happened in the early games that we had a chance. Uh, to win the West. So all, all those dreams now have been dashed. Iowa is going to Indianapolis to get boat raced by either Michigan or Ohio State. And here we are going into the final game of the season, needing to beat our uh, arch nemesis in order to go bowling. And uh, my boss today, um, who lives down south, was asking me what the what the probability of winning that game is. And I, I just was like, 
I can't even handicap it. Like I can't even, I, I can't even guess right now because I, I have no clue. Uh, going back to something I've said before, I don't have a clue what our identity is. I'm not sure who Wisconsin is either. Um, I think us being at home is helpful, and PJ Flex seems to have figured something out as far as Wisconsin. But I mean, all of a sudden, here we are having to win this game to extend our season. Like, what do you have any? I mean, I don't even know what my question is, I guess. Just like going into this game, could you even have imagined that we'd be here? And, and I mean, in comparison to what Wisconsin has going on, like, do you have thoughts about, like, how we, we might even attack this game? I mean, they should, they should hold the game, and then, I don't know, somebody from The Hague or the United Nations should come in and just arrest everyone who showed up to watch it, because there's something wrong with, with all of us. I mean, Wisconsin was supposed to win... It was supposed to be a dark horse pick for the for the playoffs this year. Remember? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I do. Remember that? Remember Luke Fickle's taken over and that team look yep. at that look at that schedule. Look at how easy That's that schedule they is. They only play Ohio State. They don't play Penn State and Michigan. Look at how easy that schedule is. So easy. Yeah, and then they get blown up at home by Northwestern. And and right. you know, credit to Northwestern. Like but but I, I, I truly believe that we should take some credit for that because we're the ones that showed them that it's okay to pass the ball and that they actually can run a competent offense. And now they look great. And that's, that's great. What, what a good, what a good story from wearing their shirts that were to the, to the, like the training camp that had the, like, you know, remember Pat Fitzgerald hashtag never forget or something yep. Uh, yep. to now, now they're Austin America's sweetheart well. again. It's amazing. Yeah. It's what a, what a time to be, what a time to be alive. But I mean, Wisconsin was supposed to be pretty good this year. I think, you and you and I were were probably a, a game or two off, but I I don't think we thought. I, I think I I should say I thought we were going to have a really good year. You thought that we were going to have a return to normal ish year, although maybe not quite this sort of return to normal ish. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So so you know um, I don't I don't have like an enormous level of excitement for the game. If if we're if we're being honest, it it it's great. Would be great to win for three straight years it'd be great to beat future big 10 champion luke fickle in his in his first game against us all those things would be great the the life has sort of been sucked out of me a little bit over the last few weeks to be totally honest and the idea of going to the game doesn't really sound all that invigorating to me it just seems like one where the the stakes really aren't there um to the extent that I want them to be. And so it's just feels a lot better to watch from home. So going to go not terrifically excited or enthusiastic about it, but um, no, I mean, obviously it's great to beat Wisconsin and, uh, and unfortunately uh, that means we have to deal with Wisconsinites if, uh, when they come up here. So that, that's never uh, particularly exciting for me either. For sure. And I, it, it, wouldn't it just be like, it seems like it would be right on brand with things with Fleck in this program after the last few years if we ended a very disappointing 6-6 six and six season with uh, wins uh, over Wisconsin and Iowa. I mean... And so, so let me... So, so let's, let's pick at that a little bit because you're totally right. So I, I just went on this bit about how I'm not excited to go to the game. The stakes aren't very high. And 
And that's that's genuinely how I feel. I'm not building up some sort of straw man here to force a rhetorical question that I'm going to ask you right now. But I made some sort of comment a, a, a week ago that we absolutely would have like sold our kidneys or one of them. We probably should only sell one. Guys, if you're thinking about selling your kidneys, this is the endorsement for today. The don't sell both your kidneys corporation. Only sell one because you're going to need the other one. But we would have we would have parted with a non-important organ five years ago to beat Wisconsin anywhere. Anywhere. Yep. Neutral field here, there, it doesn't matter. And to beat Iowa and Kinnick. And and so that has happened now. Mm. And and not only that, we've beaten Wisconsin three times. And and gotten one of their coaches fired, uh, and got Iowa's offensive coordinator fired. Like, but yet everyone is really upset, and that this this season is a catastrophe, and we need to think about you know maybe not really talking about it, but in some cases really talking about it. Like, let's just fire Fleck and start over. It's done. Right. How is that? How are those things happening at the same time? I think it's interesting because I was watching Flex Presser today, uh, this afternoon, and um, was thinking about that very thing because it's like, you know, we are at the point where we could, if we beat Wisconsin and we go six and six, that is a, and it feels like an incredibly lost season based on. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything that we've gone through this year. And we spent so many years struggling to get to six and six um, to be bowl eligible to, to, to where if that is the floor, and again, you know, obviously the floor could be five and seven as well. But if that's the floor, like that's a pretty elevated place to be in comparison to, to where we've been before. So, you know, it's it's not a situation where we have to go, "Oh, well, it's we're it's better than it was before." Like we get the luxury of being upset about how the season went and still looking back and going, "Boy, we these are the kind of, you know, th- this is this is the floor now." Like this is not the expectation anymore. The expectation is what the season we could have had, which, you know, could be eight or nine wins potentially. So it's a weird place to be. It's almost like the fact that this season in a, in a very real sense has been a bit of a failure still sort of somehow proves that we're in a better spot than we've been in a long time. Man. See, this is why, this is why high and unprepared is, is the greatest format imaginable. Because we would have scripted this part out and it would have gone completely differently. Because what your perspective right there is so different than the perspective, not that I have, but that I have read about from a reasonable number of people, right? Now, it's the internet, right? Everyone's batshit crazy because I'm batshit crazy, right? But it's, it's, it's not exactly the, you know, the domain of rationality. But the general tenor that I've seen is that is and this is why I sort of refer to myself as a flex super apologist, which I I really haven't ever been before. But the sentiment is generally in in it, it, it is that you know we have people who are 
genuinely making arguments that that Mason was at least as good, if not better, than than Flack. We have people asking because Kill and New Mexico State beat Auburn, which is amazing for them. It's an it's an amazing win, and if in you know we hate Auburn, so great, Ooh. good, beat beat them of, of anyone. That that Kill either surpassed or was at least as good as I should say what Fleck has done. Um, and 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 if he had stayed here and had the benefit of you know all the new facilities and the new Big Ten money would have surpassed what 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 Fleck has done uh and 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 what this means is that what Fleck accomplished generally is being far and away um exaggerated because he gets to play in the west um and and so his schedule his 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 record is going to be better and it is not representative or comparable to to prior coaches and that consequently you know this bad season is is a trend and that we need to fire him um, that that that, that it, and I think it has more to do with 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 Flex sort of intractability and refusal to adapt, right? And that the belief is that Flex will never adapt, and because he'll never adapt, and because this is another data point in a downward trend, we should we should fire him. So I I, I hear what you're saying, and and honestly, like in my in my generally reasonable state that's where i'm with you this is a disappointing season um and uh we probably didn't live up to where we needed to go however the two most important positions on this team are running back and linebacker and we're missing our best players at both and unfortunately it's going to happen the world is not over so i'm interested to get your perspective and i and i for the if one of our four or five listeners is is one of those people who uh, who is more or less in line with what I said? Totally trying to represent the argument in like a in like a true way, without being sarcastic. I don't agree with it like at all, but hoping to present it in like a, a substantive way that meant to do it respect. So that if Jer comes back with a fuck you, that this wasn't some sort of setup. I'm literally kind of making it up as we go here. So at any yeah. rate, Jer. Well, go ahead. it's it's interesting because. I don't know if it's interesting. It's interesting for me because I, the internet history will show that I created the first Fire Glen Mason uh, site, fireglenmason.blogspot.com. Oh, so you're like the expert. You're like the guy. You were, you're like proto Fire Jerry Kill, and you're proto what I'm sure will be Fire PJ Fleck. Well, so that, yes, oh, for sure. No, it, the the reality is, is like I think back on that, and I I still think that getting rid of Mason, and uh, unfortunately, just because the next coach was Tim Brewster, doesn't mean that letting go of Mason was the wrong decision. But I do think that it's a cautionary tale about how we approach this. I think it's also a, a different scenario because I think the, the, I'm not going to say Fleck has reached the mountaintop by any means, but the, the, the 2019 season, and this is a thing that I do recall now that you and I were discussing as I was driving home from that Illinois game was how, how the 2019 season shades 
how we feel about PJ Fleck overall mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what kind of additional leash it gives him. Mm-hmm. And I think it does give him additional leash that that Mason hadn't earned. Mason was always one foot out the door and always, um, you, you know, you you can't recruit at Minnesota. And oh, oh, so so like this is so like these are important points that we lose throughout history, right? So as the right. guy, as the guy who did maybe one of the first website. I mean, this would what year would what year did you do this? I'm fairly certain it was 2006. 2006. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and yeah. Okay. So as maybe like one of the first fire, you know, brackets your coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I was inspired by FireRonZook.com. If that. Oh, tells you were. Me. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So not even not even the first in the Big Ten, but no, but an important one because that one worked and so did yours. Um, <laughs> so, right. Exactly so, yeah. right. So. So talk to me about what what was it at the time beyond the wins and losses? Because it, it, Glenn Mason did well here, you know, in, in the yeah. pantheon of gopher coaches. I like to piss on him a little bit, but, like, he was a good coach here. What was mm-hmm. it beyond the wins and losses that said, yeah, this guy's got to go? I think it was what I just mentioned, that, that attitude about, you know, always with a, a side eye to the Ohio State job and, and really just that, you know, that not not feeling like you could recruit at Minnesota to to compete with those guys. And listen, even back then, I think we all were like, look, we're not going to be Ohio State or Michigan, but we weren't even on the tier of Wisconsin and Iowa at that point. And I think everybody thought, look, Mason has been here long enough to elevate us to that. And really all we've gotten to is this six and six. So to make that additional jump didn't you, you know to get that seventh eighth win maybe a nine win season every now and then didn't seem like such a big swing i think two things are number one it it backfired again i don't think firing mason was the wrong thing but a hiring tim brewster ended up to be a disaster obviously but the the landscape is so much different now the money is so ridiculous now that what you have to be able to talk yourself into is not just that pj fleck has been bad enough on the field and bad enough for this program but you also have to talk yourself into the fact that we can go find somebody else that can do all of the other things that pj fleck has done well to bring this this football program to where it is and then also improve on what's going on on the field and maintain all of that and and elevate when you've got a got a totally new Big 10 conference coming college football is completely changing the money's about to get even stupider i mean to to do the 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 math to be able to get to that point i think is just much more difficult now and as we've talked about a bunch of times i think while there have been disappointments on the football field, and I would argue that Fleck has lost more games that he shouldn't have lost than won games that he shouldn't have mm-hmm. won. Absolutely, absolutely. I still think that everything else that P.J. Fleck has done for this program and where he's elevated it to is enough to give him a couple years of leash, even if we have a couple more years like this. Yeah, so... So that that's exactly where I'm at. I'm I'm of a mind 
that. So let's. So I can't discount 2019. You you can come up with all the arguments in the world about we had an easy schedule and we used the the using Jerry Kills recruits is one that gets some play, right? So he won on an easy schedule with Jerry Kills recruits. And and my answer to that is like I just don't give a fuck. Like we finished in the top 10, right? Did we win the West? No, but who gives a fuck? Like winning the West and losing yeah, we in that particular year, if we'd have won one more game, we would have gone to the Rose Bowl. Okay, great. Yeah, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Still pretty damn good. So you finish in the top ten, not by not by you know frothy gophers ridiculous qualifiers. Like legitimately finish in the top ten. That's a big deal for Minnesota. Period. So does it does it buy him ten years of leash? Absolutely not. Right. So so let's set. 2019 aside as I don't give a shit about your excuses. It was an extremely good year for Minnesota. It, and let's say that 2020, the, the COVID year just, it, it doesn't count. Indiana almost won the conference. Okay. And they're terrible. So let's set 2020 aside. 2021, 2022 could have done a lot better. Absolutely positively didn't. Um, but again, yeah, Let's just call them two more Tracy Clay's years, right? So if you were of a mind that G- Tracy Clay's was a continuation of the Jerry Kill era that, you know, and Jerry would have come back after he got better and helped us beat Auburn by three touchdowns this weekend. Um, it, it, if, that's, if that's what you're of a mind of, then let's just say that, that Fleckus had two more Tracy Clay's seasons. But you didn't really want to fire Tracy Clays, right? And Tracy Clays made a lot less money, but Tracy Clays, like, is a bank manager now, right? So, like, we go back and we we try to make history look beautiful. And and it, it I mean, it there were warts there. Um, and, and, you know, it's unfortunate what happened with Kill, and he had to reti- retire at that point in time. But the the... the that that season, that 2015 season, wasn't going particularly well. So I I, I like I try to be sympathetic to this idea that um, that Fleck hasn't been good, and that this is a this is this is the continuation of a downward trend. But it 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 really you have to have a very sort of I won't say distorted, but I'll say you're really looking past a lot of things that really weren't like this other thing. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, it's been a frustrating, it's been a frustrating few weeks, um, sort of dealing with that mindset. Um, and again, I, like, I, I try to understand where it's coming from because on some level, I remember back when, you know, when, when we were trying to get rid of Tim Brewster, right. And I was a lot younger then, and I was like, this, this era needs to end, and we need to move on to the next thing. And, and it was a lot of mostly older people who were like, nah, you got to hold up. Like, can't just get rid of someone because it's not working. And so those arguments are sort of fresh in my brain. And on the other end, and the end that is the, the, the far and away winner is Fleck has some leash. Is Fleck going to change? I have absolutely no idea. If Fleck doesn't change and we have seasons like this, he's probably not going to be here long term. He'll leave and go to a group of five school or a lesser power five program, 
or um, you know, he's, he's, he's probably, or he'll get fired, and it's probably more the former than the latter. So, um, yeah, it, uh, it, 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 to me, like, he has earned that right. Through 2019, if absolutely nothing else, he's got another season or two. And if you, even if it's Tracy Clay's right seasons, the last couple, and a disappointing one this season, like he's earned the right to not change. And if he doesn't change and he doesn't leave, he's probably going to get fired. I think, I think that part of, so I'm an optimist by nature. You know this about me. And the, I think the thing that I'm, there's two things I hold out hope for. One is we have seen glimpses this season of a different offensive philosophy. Uh, maybe philosophy is too strong of a word, but we've, we've seen glimpses this season that, that they wanted to do something different offensively with this football team. The, the entirety of the... And, and, and only because and only because I think we talked about this on the never to be released non recorded broadcast after the Illinois game. Um, what what is the what is the basis for for that belief? So I was just gonna um, specifically. I'm thinking of the Nebraska game. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second half of the Iowa game. The first half of the Michigan State game. Uh, first half of the. Illinois game. Yep. Um, so I, I think there's some evidence to show that there, there's something different that they wanted to do this year. Uh, the other thing that I hold out hope for is that PJ Fleck, for all of his um, mantras and sayings and, you know, things that those of us that are older don't connect with, whatsoever at the end of the day he's still a super highly paid football coach at basically the highest level and in order to get there and have any modicum of success at that level you have to be a bit of a psychopath uh in one way shape or form and and have like a serial um disposition to try to succeed and um, my hope is still that somewhere deep down he understands that and that he's working to make those things happen. But I think we also know that he doesn't do anything quickly um, and things like that are always going to be methodical. So so I think those are my two pieces of hope. We, we, we saw a little bit of where I think he wants to take the team. And I hope that just the deep down thing that makes him want to be successful makes him know that he's got to got to make some changes to uh to to be and to see any success here going forward so so jd like you saying that the way that you said it is is validating for the part of my brain that says i have no interest in going to the wisconsin game and 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 it's like you're saying that you have to believe the optimist in you is saying that pj fleck is is capable of change, right? Is that the right way to, is that more or less the way to put it? Uh, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But his like personal mantra and the mantra for the team is change your best, right? Yep. He has like baked into that is the need to change. So why, yep. how as somebody, so the reason I, I felt good when you said that 
right? Is the reason I'm down is because the his message, right? His life mantra is not manifesting itself in the thing that he is responsible for right. most prominently, which is his team. And so his we we know to some level or another that he is willing to take let the team be bad today because they will learn something from it to be better in the future. But he's not doing that even year over year. Say nothing about this this season, right? Mm -hmm. Which if you're like me, this is the first real disappointing flex season. It's not, it's not getting better. We're not seeing an, adapt, an, an adaptation of any kind or another. So I, I guess the, the whole reason I said, the whole reason I interjected there was because it, it uh, your, your statement about his change or we need to see it in order for him to be successful just runs, it seems to run so counter to his mantra, which also doesn't manifest in the team. No, I agree, and that's. I think that's why I was careful to say that um, it, the the part that I believed could change is the part of him that's the sociopathic coach, not yeah, the part yeah, of yeah. him, not the part of him that created the mantras. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I it. do think I do think there's an uh, an extent to which you know these mantras are, you know potentially good for thee, not for me. Um, and that's not to say that I think Flex like a bad person or like that he's like making this stuff up for publicity or anything like that. I don't believe that at all. But I think at the end of the day, he's shown that he doesn't necessarily uh, practice all that he preaches. And uh, my hope is the part of him that really enjoys that paycheck that he gets uh, kicks in and, and that's where the change comes from. It's just wild to me that right now for Minnesota, the football program, that the thing, at least that I've seen, that we probably disagree with the most is about flexibility to change and adapt. And this guy, like, change and adaptation is, like, his whole bit. So it's so incredible to me, the the difference between the way that people who care passionately, care passionately about the thing that Fleck is responsible for and want to see happen is, like, the thing that the person that all of that is directed toward is a biggest proponent of right so mm -hmm. if he is true to you know what he says that he's willing to change and adapt then that's great and we should keep fleck for as long as we can because everything seems to be going in the right direction but it's also entirely possible to your point that it's what's good for thee is not good for me um and so like as we move forward here because again he's not getting fired there's zero chance he's going to get fired unless he is a money launderer um, there's no chance he's going to get fired. So we'll get to see. Like, and, and I think that he is capable of change. You think or hope or whatever that he's capable of change. I think there are a number of fans now that don't think he's capable of change. And so really the whole future of the program is dependent upon 
flexibility to change when his personal mantra is change your best. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And it, I mean, I don't know that, you know, our, obviously the, our fan base has a, a, a long history of, of taking sides against each other. Um, and yeah, I think this is, you know, the, <laughs> the, uh, but it, but it is like, it, it's interesting to that, you know, it's like, I, I mean, I admit my, my, uh, hope for Fleck to change is, is comes from the fact that I'm, I'm an optimist, I guess, but I don't, I just, I don't know. I, I just can't believe that somebody like him is going to have their heels dug in so much that they would just go down with the ship like that. I think he so, knows he's got some leash. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think he does too. Like I genuinely believe that if he went, if we lose to, if we lose on Saturday and we go, Oh, and 12 next year that he has another year. Like I, that's where I'm at in, in terms of the Fleck and coil relationship. Um, but, um, man, I have no idea what we were talking about. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, Flex Leash. Oh, yeah. Were we talking about something before that? <laughs> uh, I was just saying that I can't believe that he would, uh, go down with the ship, that he'd be so dug in that he'd go down with the ship. And, um... And where I was going with that was to say, I think he knows he's got a leash and he doesn't have to be hasty about going that direction. Um, and maybe, true to his nature, he's being overly conservative about making the change. Did no, I that was good. A, did I just put a bow on it? No, I mean, no. I mean, you did an amazing job of kind of reconciling that whole thing. And... and, and allowing me to get my brain together enough to maybe say a last couple of sentences to try to redeem myself. Um, yeah. So, uh, I hear exactly what you're saying, but I think he, I think he thinks the way that he's doing it is the right way to do it. And I think he thinks, so kill comes in here from Western Illinois running this amazing dynamic offense gets up here and just squeezes the life out of it. Fleck comes over here running a really dynamic RPO, less dynamic in total, but like still a pretty dynamic offense. Uh, at Western Michigan, comes here, we have one amazing season because we have out-of-this-world receivers, and then sucks the life out of it after that. Like, I genuinely think that he thinks that this is the way to win here. Just smash the life out of you, punch you in the face, occasionally have a great running back and a couple of receivers and an elite defense and maybe it can work. I think he thinks that like, I, that's why I, I don't think he's going to change because I don't think he feel like it feels like he needs to change. And that, that to me is like the real thing. Like, can he win this way in the new big 10? I don't know. It worked for the West. Like it was a great strategy for the West. And I think to the, the, the thing you said a few weeks ago, if the Nebraska game was representative of what he wants to do, then I think we're in good shape. But if he thinks that this, that this ridiculously conservative win the Big Ten West is the way to go, then, then yeah, I think we're, I think we're probably in trouble.
Well, and yeah, if he thinks that if he thinks that this is the way to win, and he's going to continue to think that that's the way to win, then he's going to be without a job. I mean, it's yep. just a, a fact. It, the the way that the Big Ten has played football for its entirety, and the way the Big Ten West has been played for its entirety, is not going to be successful any longer. And I think. Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State, to a slightly lesser degree, are already proving that is the way that things are going for college football. And the West was always going to be behind in that because we had Barry Alvarez and his disciples and and Kirk Ferentz. And I mean, that was always going to be the case with the West. But to your point, there's no West anymore. And even if there is another pod it's not going to be the same and even if it is the same it's not going to be enough to get where you want to go so if that's going to continue to be his philosophy he's just going to be without a job sooner rather than later because it starts next year all right man i mean that's that's good stuff right there i mean for 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 picking me up right after I completely forgot what we were talking about, right in the middle of a sentence. I mean, that's that's a good ending. That's a bow. <laughs> we'll, do it. well then, well, well then, that's then we'll put a bow on it. We'll call it, we'll call it a night. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, go get your Seventh uh, Avenue pizzas and uh, Duck Duck beer. Support Dinky Town athletes. Thanks for listening. I had some uh, catchy, maybe rhymey thing that I was doing, but I don't remember what it was. So, good night. I am prepared.